The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond. Beyond. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 299. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller. Alongside, he only does everything, Colin Moriarty. What you doing, Pong Head? Playing a hotline Miami Pong Head. Colin, it's 299. Yeah. Episode 300 is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are, by all intents and purposes, phoning this one in, huh? We got, oh, no it's just you it. and I. No doubt about it. Oh, it's a show before episode 300, technically. We'll get to that in a second. And look at this. No Goldfarb. He's in New York. Fuck him. Brian Altano, who's been our sub lately, he's in a meeting. He'll be here late, but he'll be here eventually. Mm. Now, a lot of people don't have the dedication you and I have to this podcast. No, and it's, not. it's getting it's getting this under my skin. Podcast lives because of us. Podcast about, is what it is because of us. Right? I agree with that. We should break off, go do our own different podcast. Oh, okay. We'll call it Reond. Be- we'll broadcast Eon. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are the Internet's number one PlayStation podcast. Thank you so much for your support. Episode 300 is right around the corner. But, Colin, we need to lay some things on the line here about sure. how this is all working. Lay it all, I want you to lay it all on the line. I'm going to just... There it oh is on the table. There it is on Greg's the table. junk's on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So, it's episode 299 right now. However, next week is not episode 300. And it's not 299.5. It's not. What we're going to do next week is for so many of you have been asking on Twitter, we are posting on the Podcast Beyond audio feed the Last of Us spoiler cast we did, which is an hour-long video right now, which looks great. It's on IGN. minutes. In you fact. should go watch it. Mm-hmm. But many of you want to just listen to it, and you won't miss much. So we are going to tear out the audio, put that up next week, Tuesday, as usual for the podcast. Plus, it's a holiday week. That's the whole reason there isn't a Beyond. Yeah, we're off on Thursday and Friday, so we're just going to That's why there wasn't. Hang out. Yeah, that's why we weren't going to do Beyond 300 last week and why we had to adjust the schedule. Mm. Now, here's the question I have for you, Colin. We okay. haven't discussed this. Okay. Podcast so this is, Beyond. This is off the cuff right here. Episode 300 mm. happening Friday, July 12th. Correct. How, we, we usually post the show on Tuesday. Yes. So We're not going to be posting it on Tuesday. Okay, you don't want to do anything on nope, Tuesday. No, nope, this a- is the last regular podcast beyond Woo! until July 12th. We're going on holiday until we get to the big gotta daddy. Got to save it up. I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited, too. I got some things planned. You got more things planned because you're doing nine, at least 95% of the work for the <laughs> well, podcast. Well, I figure it's been, what, two years of you doing all the work mm. when we getting all the credit. So yeah. it was about time That's I, a good point. I picked up the slack. And I still do all the work, and you still get all the credit, even though you're not even on IG PlayStation t- anymore. Today, I was like, oh, man, here's I, I like I Chuck's Deadpool review, but here's what I think of the game. And people are like, good Deadpool review. I'm like, I didn't write the yeah. review. <laughs> what are you talking about? IGN PlayStation is doing great. Good job, Greg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, episode 300. Yeah. July 12th. Yeah. Many people have been a little bit lost. They're not following us closely enough on Twitter mm. at Game Over Greggy at No Taxation. You should go do that right now. Pause at the, the Iron show Sheik as well. and get the Iron Sheik on there too. 
I sent out, if you got the initial Podcast Beyond 300 letter saying you are in for Podcast Beyond 300, I sent you a rough draft of the schedule, which is right now firming up as we speak, getting nice and tight. Uh, but I sent it on a Sunday, and a lot of people said they didn't get it. Yeah. These are people who follow me on Twitter. Mm. Check your spam. For some reason, it went to a lot of people's spam folders. So go look for your spam. You probably blocked Greg's Probably blocked Greg Miller. Point. That was a silly, a silly move. But go get it there. If you got the first email, you should have got the second email. Make sure if you can't come, you let us know so we can get somebody else in here. I know it's short notice. But we do have things planned now for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Cool. Very exciting. You know about it if you have the letter. Uh, episode 300. Another thing, a lot of regular fans, people over in the UK, Pop Pop, Kaz McDonald, oi. Mm. They're asking us. What are they going? What are we going to do if we can't? You know, we're not. We can't come there. We got, we have lives. We can't go see the show. We are live streaming. No one's life is more important than podcast beyond three hundred. Thank you, thank you for finally saying what's been on the tip of everyone's tongue this whole time in this great country. But uh, we are going to live stream episode three hundred here on IGN.com. Uh, you will be able to watch it live. Then it will be archived here. You, you remember last time we did one of these live things? God only knows when the archive will go up. We, IGN has progressed a lot in the in the realm of live streaming. The two years since we started. Since, since we last live stream at Beyond. Mm. So hopefully, it'll be up fairly quick. But I can't promise you that. So if you miss it on Friday night, you have something better to do because you suck, you'll get it sometime next week probably. Hopefully, knocking on the wood table here, I'll get the audio version of 300 up on Saturday morning. But I intend on being hungover, and then I have another event to go to with all these Podcast Beyond fans. So if you can't make it the show, you got, you got the chance to live stream it. If you can't live stream it, eventually, in the next few days, you'll get it. At some point in the future. That's so basically right. the only thing I'm going to I mean, we got, yeah, exactly. We're, we're not making any promises here. We got things to do. We have a lot of guests of honor coming. Yes, we do. I haven't gone, I, I've, been, I've been playing that incredibly close to the vest, ladies and gentlemen. But I'll tell you right now, if you're coming to Podcast Beyond 300, whoo doggies, do we have some surprise guests for you to be a part of, to meet, to shake hands with, to get your photos with, get things signed by. Lots of good stuff coming. Lot, it's going to be a great show. Even if it's one of those things behind the scenes, everything's gone off the rails <laughs> every turn. Every time Colin and I give our baby bird to somebody to make it do something, to make it fly, they try to kill it, but we keep it alive. Yeah. Thank God for us. Thank God for Holy us. You know shit. what, Colin? Here, let's hug. All right. Uh, oh, oh. Gotta take off the headphones. All right. All right. Good work. Oh, man. This has been a podcast beyond episode <laughs> 200. No. Um, what do you got for me? What are you doing? You're checking your phone. Well, there's important news that we'll get to. We'll get to the news here. Yeah. We got a bunch of news, but uh, let's kick off that news with what is and forever will be the Rope Report. <laughs> Time for some news. Now, Greg, before we get into the, the news that doesn't really matter, the video game news, Yeah, I want to talk about news that really does matter. I hope it's the same news story I have here that I was going to interrupt you with. Was it the George Zimmer? It is. So, Holy cow, ladies so, and gentlemen. But there's a development about the story. So let me, I didn't know let this. Me, so right, bring us all up to speak. George Zimmer is the men's warehouse spokesman and founder of the company. It. I guarantee it. The yeah. guy you know, you love him, you've seen him your whole life. He's been, a, he's been a critical part of Podcast Beyond. Yeah, he's really one of the great inspirations for the show, actually. And, the, <laughs> and one, of the, one of the reasons that the show is so successful, I think, can directly be linked to George Zimmer and our sure, relationship sure, with him. Sure, sure, sure. So George Zimmer was removed as uh, CEO of men's warehouse last week and this caused a great uproar in, right. in podcast beyond's community it got lots of text emails people were going crazy about it the fans breaking are texting news you? Bre- yeah they're texting me <laughs> how'd weird. you get this number <laughs> uh the breaking news is that he has quit the board of directors as well mm. 
Mm. Uh, the Reuters says, George Zimmer, the founder of Men's Warehouse, Inc., resigned from the clothing retailer's board of directors on Monday, according to a letter he sent to the board, which was attained by Reuters. Men's, Ware- Men's Warehouse's nice board Reuters. last week fired Zimmer, the face of the company and known for his trademark line. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. Mm. Over differences in the direction the company was taking. In the letter, Zimmer said it was clear he was fired by the board, quote, to avoid addressing my growing concerns with recent board decisions. Fuck Men's Warehouse. It's over. George Zimmer, come to IGN. We'll give you a job here. We got to reach out and get him on Beyond 300. Oh, my God. That would get be him awesome. out here. That would be awesome. Can you imagine? <laughs> all, the other, all the other stars we have overshadowed by George, George Zimmer, Zimmer showing up just to say I guarantee it and then drink. So that's it. All right. Wow. That's the end of the show. Oh. Greg, okay. take us out. Ladies and gentlemen, each song ends. No, we're not going. We're not going to do that yet. Uh, there are six items on the Roper Report Ooh. proper. Uh, number one, both PlayStation Four and Xbox One contributed to Amazon.com's biggest pre-order week ever, as many as twenty five hundred consoles per minute. Good lord, were pre-ordered with an overall four thousand percent increase in console purchases year over year. Pre-orders for both consoles were quote nearly two times that of all video game sales on Black Friday last year. End quote. That's insane. To anyone that says the console market is dying, think again. Ah, yes. And I think, I, but I don't fault those people for being short-sighted and silly. You know what I mean? We were, I was talking to somebody else about this the other day, that, you know, all these sites, uh, video game sites like us, were reporting that we had rec- record traffic around E3, right? That everyone was so stoked for everything that I'm was. so stoked. Sick. <laughs> and uh, it, it doesn't surprise me because this console cycle went on for so long, mm-hmm. right? The PS3 and 360 had such long legs. I don't think we were used to that, and I don't think consumers were either, so. Yeah, if you wanted to be one of these mobile up and comers where you wear your IGN T-shirt with a blazer and put your hair up and call yourself Air Justin, that's why you'd be a naysayer because you don't know your history. Mm-hmm. Not like Colin Moriarty. I know my history better than anyone in the world. <laughs> Number two, has PlayStation 4's release date been accidentally revealed? Ooh, could be. Media market stores in Europe are posting placards stating that the console is launching on November 13, 2013. Sony refused to comment on the, on the story other than saying that they have nothing new to announce at this time. Media market is the second biggest electronics retailer in the world behind Best Buy, so chances are they're in the know about when PS4 is coming out. Nice. A um, little later than I'd like. Yeah, that yeah. was actually a day off from the day I predicted. There's all these and if rumors. And that's, if that's true, then that means it would come out on the 12th here in the United States on right. Tuesday, right? Everybody, so. But, you know, McCaffrey's got that story up trying to crack when the Xbox One comes out. He's saying between the 1st and the 5th of November to try to be out for Call of Duty. Yeah, some people are saying that both consoles will be out in early October. Mm. There were rumors that Xbox One would be out even earlier than that. So Today? It's out over the Sega Saturn. It's out right now. <laughs> um, so that's interesting. Yeah. Number three, Sony has officially revealed that its first-party studios have a staggering 30 games in development for PlayStation 4. 20 of them are slated to come out in the first year of the console's life cycle, and 12 of the 30 are brand-new franchises. Exciting. They said this all 30 games are from the first party? That's what they said. That's okay. what the story says. All right. I think, sure. I think that that sure. can be translated as saying that they'll publish 30 games. Because there's no way... 13 studios, right? Yeah. I'm going to write this down. 13 studios. Assuming... Each studio has two teams, which is not true. That would only be 26. But we know that Bend is one team. Right. Santa Monica is one team. But think of Nardog's it this way. two teams. Bend can take the success of Fight for Fortune and apply that to every franchise yes, Sony yes, owns. Yes, 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 Ratchet and Clank Fight for Fortune. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Motorstorm Fight for Fortune. Patapon Fight for Fortune. Tokyo Jungle Fight for Fortune. Legend of Dragoon Fight for Fortune. <laughs> and of course, When Vikings Attack. Of course, fight who for could fortune. forget When Vikings Attack Fight for Fortune? So I think I think this probably includes X Dev games like like When Vikings Attack. It includes Studio Japan games. They have a bunch of teams there. The guys that did Tokyo Jungle are not the guys that are doing Rain, which is not Team Eco, which is blah blah blah. blah. Yeah, obviously, Naughty Dog is certainly working on Uncharted Four. I mean, that's 
I think a given. We don't know that, but right. I think that's obviously a given. Bend, I still think Bend's working on Siphon Filter for PS4. Um, you harassed the Bend guys on Twitter. I harassed them all. Yeah, our, our friend Poor Eric, Eric Jensen. Poor Eric. Uh, who's a, a good guy. He works at Bend. He's worked there for a long time. He's worked on like every game that they've done in the last many years. Um, yeah, I, I bust his balls all the time to tell me what they're working on, but he's tight lipped as a consummate professional would be. Ah. But he's a listener of Podcast Beyond. He actually apologized that he couldn't make the show on uh, in, in July, on July 12th. Uh, which is unfortunate. Fuck you, Eric Jensen. Damn. Can't, can't come here? You can't come to Podcast Beyond 300? Damn. You better be working on Siphon Filter. Fight for fortune. <laughs> Number four. PlayStation 3 firmware 4.45 has been bricking some consoles. <laughs> forcing Sony to take the firmware offline as it seeks out a fix. New firmware will be posted on the PSN on June 27th and should fix the issue, though it's unclear what those with brick consoles will do. You're screwed. Uh, yeah, I mean, I it worked for me. I it worked for me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now. I know. Yeah, uh, I think it worked for a vast majority of people. Yeah, as these things do. But it sucks that it bricked anyone's console. What? It's funny that when this happened, we started getting the tweets right away. Hey, Greg. Hey, Con. This is happening. These are breaking consoles. And my gut reaction, the initial thing I said was, "This happens every time. Every firmware they put out bricks consoles." You know what I mean? And then it turned out to be this giant thing. Yeah, they took it down. I mean, they, they had to do that. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. Number five, Gran Turismo 6 is getting its 15th anniversary edition as the game will launch on PS3 and coincide with the anniversary of the overall, fanch- overall franchise. In-game cars and other extras are included in the anniversary edition. We will have, well, we do have the full rundown on IGN. And I think we're seeing Gran Turismo 6 again soon. So Ooh, la, la. I certainly have no business writing about that game. So we'll have our, our European counterparts continue to cover it for you. If it ain't about scooters, you don't know. Nope. And if it ain't about YouTube videos or chicken wings, you don't, you don't even don't, care about it. I don't it. care. Number six, this is exciting news. This is the most exciting news. Pixel Junk Monsters Ultimate HD is coming to PS Vita. Originally released in 2008 on PS3 and 2009 on PSP, Pixel Junk Monsters is a tower defense game and arguably the most popular and beloved of all the Pixel Junk games. You would agree with that, right? Maybe yes. Eden? No. Eden, I mean, Eden connected with fans, but I think Monsters is the one everybody would Yeah, uh, I think so too. No release date has yet been revealed, though it's interesting to note that Double Eleven, the studio that brought Little Big Planet and Limbo to Vita, is right. working on the game. So that's Talented good studio. Yeah. No doubt. The fun thing about. Pixel Junk, and I guess this isn't a fun thing, but as we're getting all misty-eyed thinking about episode 300 and looking back and everything, Ep- uh, Pixel Junk Monsters is the first time Chris Roper ever spoke to Ryan Clements in a social man- manner. Like he, he was his. Empo- he reviewed that game like six months after he started. He yeah. was his employee, and like it was, you know, I always describe IGN as a, you know, just a box full of cats. When a new cat comes in, we don't like the first. You want to like the new cat. Everybody's mad at the new cat, and then eventually you just get over it. And uh, Roper and Clements had a working relationship, but then they never actually talked like as normal people would talk to each other until Pixel Junk Monsters, and they wanted to talk about rainbows all the time. Mm. It, it warmed my heart. Cool. Speaking of warming my heart, Connor writes into Beyond at IGN.com just like you can. It says, Beyond. Beyond. Firstly, I would like, on behalf of all the Beyond Nation, to congratulate Ryan Clements on getting married last weekend. Round of applause. Clements got married out in Buffalo, New York, finally. He's a long-time mm-hmm. girlfriend. They will soon have a half-Indian, full OCD baby. Greg and I were invited and wanted to go, but you have to go through the fucking Stargate to get to Buffalo. Good it's like, Lord. It's, holy I Jesus. Fly, we, I, we, I, we fly a lot. Yeah, all the I, time. I fly a lot. And it's one of those things where I'm used to expensive tickets, but come on now, Buffalo. Yeah. What are you trying to pull you got to fly to, like, Chicago and then Pittsburgh and then... Buffalo, it's like it's like at that. It was like over a thousand dollars to get to Buffalo. Like, it was crazy. Not gonna happen. Sorry, Sorry we love you. Right. We love you so much. He says he's gonna have a party here eventually to celebrate. I'll believe it. When yeah, I see exactly. It. Connor goes on. We miss him still, but are happy to see him living his life to the fullest, or at least the majority of us do. <laughs> Secondly, and sadly, I suppose it's safe to assume he'll be away on his honeymoon during Beyond Three Hundred. 
Well, Connor. Well, we'll see about that, won't we? You'll have to check into Beyond 300 to find out one way or the other. Uh, by the way, did we? do you have the results for Mitchell Morgan about the bets? Oh, do I? Let's go into them right now. <laughs> Conversational podcast. Jesus. That's fucking, what podcast Beyond 300. I think Goldfarb basically cleaned up. This is why I wanted to do. I wanted to get back to doing the shows a bit earlier. Mm. I got my venom. I got, I'm full of the snake venom yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm all yeah. set to do it. No doubt about it. Hey, guys. Below are the results of your annual E3 predictions as scored by me. Mitchell Morgan, M Dog, you trust him implicitly. Yeah, he's the most trustworthy per- person I've ever met. Probably. Some of these were a little tricky to grade. Parentheses, cough, Colin, cough. <laughs> but I Get did over my it, best. Mitchell. Here we go. I'm going to go in the order he put them down. All right, Greg. I predicted. I, I, this is always the hard part of reading these. Greg, he predicts PS4 Uncharted reveal more than just a logo titled "The Many of Us." I did not really say "The Many of Us." <laughs> Uncharted, strangely enough, was nowhere to be seen at the Sony conference, zero points. I said there'd be two SKUs of PS4. Mitchell writes, nope, just one PS4 SKU, zero points. I said there would be stupid EA incentives, stupid Battlefield helmets, stupid Dead Space games. Mitchell says, surprisingly, no stupid EA incentives were shown off at PlayStation platforms, zero points. I said, Bend comes out onto the Sony stage, reveals something that is not Uncharted. Mitchell says, sorry, Greggy, Bend was nowhere to be seen, zero points. I said there will be a new pad upon... Mitchell says, Greg shed many tears. No, manly tears were shed. Yet. Zero points. You got your ass beat. I know. That's the worst showing I've ever had in 300 episodes I'm gonna on a prediction. You, though, technically, there are going to be more than... There's going to be more than one skew of PS4. We just don't know what the others are. Sure. But I, I think I made a point that they were going to talk about it there. So that's, that's fine. Colin Moriarty. Infamous and God of War will come to the Vita released this year. Mitchell writes, God of War is coming to Vita, though it's Boom. an HD remake... Point five points yeah. bestowed I, you, Mr. Moriarty. <laughs> Already beating Greg. Yeah, I know. Uh, Colin predicts PS4 release date and price. Price is three ninety nine. Date is tw- November twelfth. One skew. Mitchell says, "Here we go. <laughs> we were given a price of three hundred ninety nine dollars. No official date was revealed, but we did get a release window. There will be only one skew of PlayStation Four. I'll give you point seven five points. Nice, fair." He's all, that means he's got his math wrong, though. He, he has yeah, it's point six six, right? Technically, though? I didn't even mean that part. Don't oh. worry. Oh, okay. Oh, I see what he's doing here. He's, he, for, for the title, he gave me Greg, and then you, Colin, point five Moriarty, because you're, che- you're doing all these cheats like you do. Uh, Colin said, Uncharted 4 will be revealed in trailer form 2014. No Uncharted, zero points. Uh, Colin said, Vita price cut, immediately effective, 199. No Vita price cut, zero points. You said, Bend comes out on stage, reveals siphon filter for ps4 uh no new siphon filter was shown much to the dismay of the beyond nation zero points that gives you 1.25 total Boom! you are the front runner right now keza mcdonald was here oh it's me oh, keza mcdonald yeah, 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 yeah. she set a price for ps4 yep one point that's and, bullshit hey you know what take it up take it up with the, <laughs> that's why she doesn't have a green card <laughs> Uh, she said money off the Vita when you buy a PS4 as an incentive. Mitchell says no incentives to speak of in relation to the Vita. Zero points. Uh, Keza said four exclusive PlayStation indie games, Raise the Dead, Galaxy, Secret Ponchos, and Mercenary Kings, and more were all exclusive to the PlayStation console. One point? Nope. Nope. Not accepting that. You're those ex- are not exclusive games. None oh. of those are exclusive. Isn't Secret Ponchos? Or are you counting the fact that it's coming to... Is, nope. it, is it PC too? Well, I thought that they were all timed. Ex- those were all timed exclusive games. They all the, remember when he, when Adam Boys was on stage and they were all playing the yeah. games. He's like, these will all launch first on PS4. Okay, so I'm sorry, I got Mitchell Morgan. That's not true. Those aren't exclusives. All right, we're minusing one point from Keza. I have a Secret Poncho's flyer on my desk from when I met them when they were still pitching the game. I don't. I, I thought it had multiple skis on the back, but I can't remember. I don't know. Whatever. I, that's what he said. I mean, I, I, I just tell me what he said. Mitchell Morgan, he's too busy making apps all the time. 
being a kid. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, da 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 da. Uh, Kez said, new Final Fantasy, only on PlayStation platforms. Uh, Mitchell says, Final Fantasy XV was revealed, but is multi-platform. 0.5 points awarded. Wait, wait, wait. Why is there 0.5 points awarded for that? New Final Fantasy, she said. It's not a new Final Fantasy, though. Again, you've said before you trust him implicitly. But I'm just saying, Final Fantasy 15 is Final Fantasy versus 13. Mitchell Morgan. We've known about that game for Mitchell five Morgan years. will be here. I'll take it on up July 12th. I'll take it up you can take it up with yeah. the the review board okay. then. All right, point five points awarded. <laughs> New Little Big Planet, PS4 and Vita. No Little Big Planet at Sony. That's surprising. I thought she was actually right about that. Zero. So then, according to this, Keza would have one point five points. But she really has one point because the point five that she. she no, 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 no. I'm taking away oh. one. Mitchell, Mitchell's a little. I think he's been hitting the sauce here. He says that Keza has two points. And this is before you took away a point. So he said she had two points, but I have it here. Price for PS4, one point. The Secret Ponchos thing, one point. And then point .5 points for the new Final Fantasy thing, which you're, you're arguing anyway. I'm disputing both of those, so she so, has one point. No, you, you can't. No, you, I'm, I'm giving her the point .5. <laughs> <laughs> All That's right. bullshit. That's it, not a new Final it Fantasy It doesn't game. matter because Andrew Goldfarb won. All right. Andrew Goldfarb <laughs> predicted God of War on Vita. Mitchell says, although it is not new HD remake, God of War is coming to Vita, one point. Goldfarb said no Vita price coin. Good call, Andrew. One point. No Uncharted 4. Yup, no Uncharted 4. One point. All Destiny DLC will be exclusive to the PlayStation for 30 days. Mitchell writes, PlayStation will be getting exclusive Destiny content, but we were not given time frame. 0.5 points. No, zero points. Spoilers. I mean, you already won. Doesn't really matter. And he has a little smiley emoticon. Final Fantasy will not be exclusive to PlayStation. Will be multi-platform. Mitchell says, although unclear at first, it was revealed that Final Fantasy will come to other platforms. One point. Uh, that gives Goldfarb the win with 4.5 points. Jesus. Even if you oh, take away yeah. the one point there, 3.5. That's better than anyone's ever done because we're usually, <laughs> it's usually like 1.75 versus 1.2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, M-Dog signs off by saying, nice work, Andrew. I'll see you guys at the end of the year with more prediction results. Until then, beyond. You'll also see us in like two weeks, but that's cool. He's bringing his dad. Oh, we're going to meet, meet Mr. M-Dog. Mr. Is that M-Dog. how that works? Yeah, Mr. M-Dog. M-Dog Sr.? Well, whatever you want to call him. So. I'm going to call him whatever I want to call him. Oh, do you think he has any idea what he's getting into? No. Definitely he, not. I, um, you figure Mitchell's like, I'm going to make an app for these guys. I want to put it on the i, the I store. Oh, great, son. Here you go. We'll, we'll get you, you'll help you with the licensing fee. Then he, he's done with it. He shows it to his dad. His dad's just playing random clips. Is he listening to us scream about vans full of nuns and Portillo and I cheese? Don't I don't know. Could I be, hope he knows it could be a bad scene. There's a lot of parents coming to this show. If they find out what their kids have been listening to. Well... Get used to it. <laughs> my world. Hashtag deal with it. <laughs> Colin. Yes. This has been fun. We've been having a lot of fun here. All right, time to go. But you know what I really like? Mm. Games. Mm. Mm. But I don't know what to play. So if I went to the mm. store, where could I go to find out what's in that store? You go to the official list of upcoming PlayStation software on all three platforms by the IGN editors. That's a new one. That's a remix. Yeah. A lot of games this week. Uh, on PS3 at retail is Deadpool. Mm-hmm. She gave a six two, I think. Yeah, and uh, you can take credit for that review. Okay, and good. Ride to Hell Retribution. I have no idea what that is. Also available on PSN. On Vita, Muramasa Rebirth, which oh, I gave an eight two. Uh, known in Japan as Oboro Muramasa. Uh, I gave it an eight. It's available digitally as well. Did um, you? That's new though, right? Yeah. When, uh, did, when did you review Muramasa? Yesterday. When have you been playing it? I haven't seen you play this game. You were gone until... You were gone for a while. That's true. Time. That's true. Uh, I've had Muramasa for like six weeks. I, I just now got... like I, Last week I actually started to play it really. Yeah. 
And you liked it, 8.0. Yeah, it's really, I mean, it's, it is the most beautiful game on Vita. Ooh. Hands down. Not even, not even a competition. Uh, really good game. Uh, that's available digitally. You can get a card if you want to go to your store. Uh, Hotline Miami's on Vita. Yeah, baby. And that game is made for Vita. Right. On PSN, Hotline Miami is also for PS3. It's cross-buy, cross-save, cross-play, kind of cross-save. Basically, just that's you it. You want to explain it? They got a cloud. Uh, yeah, they do. So how does it work? You upload your save. How is it, it kind of cross-save or whatever you're saying? Well, because uh, when, the game, when the game starts on Vita anyway, it prompts you to connect to PSN, and it seems like it syncs automatically. It reminds me of... Um, Sly? PlayStation no. All-Stars. Sly. Yeah, that's, the right, that's a better one. That's um, the one well, Matt Wilson writes into beyond at IGN.com with a question, Colin Moriarty. Yeah. He says, I am so excited that Hotline Miami is coming to Vita slash PS3, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on whether you think it will be a better experience on the Vita or PS3. I think a game like this is perfect for the handheld experience, and I don't have much desire to play it on the big screen. Also, what do you think of the trophies? Will you shoot for the platinum? Love the show, Matt Wilson. I was really pleased to see this game had a platy. Now, the, the good news is that these $10 games now with um, Dragon Fantasy Book 2 is going to have it. Uh, Guacamelee already had it. These games have Platinums. It seems like Sony's kind of letting, understanding that this is actually going to sell them games. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Uh, I want to go for the Platinum. It's hard. You have to get A pluses on every stage. Yeah. You only, and I love the kind of obscure and, and abstract way that they grade you in the game. Like, mm-hmm. it's, I don't really understand exactly how I'm going to do it. It seems like you have to be quick. You have to use a lot of different weapons. You have to use combos. Not be seen, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Get your combos and your chains together. Um, yeah, so I'll try my best. Uh, as far as I haven't played it on PS3 yet, it seems the Vita's cool because you can use the touch screen to, to peek. Yeah. Now I don't know if that's a result of there being less less space on the Vita. Like if you see more of the game on PS3, now you probably do. And if you do, then the game's much easier on PS3. Well, um, that's the thing for me playing it. Now, granted, it's one of those you know men are from Mars, women from Venus kind of things. When I when it came out to PC and it was in the running for Game of the Year, I sat down, I bought it, I played it, I played it for a while, and it was. I, I couldn't. It's I, we always describe trying to learn to walk again using a mouse and keyboard, right? But this, like Hotline Miami's control scheme, is so unique and so different from what uh, everything else you're doing. It was mind-boggling. It kind of broke the experience for me. Whereas playing it on Vita, immediately I was right into it. And I don't remember, and I'm probably wrong. We should call. I'll call Mitch Dyer here. I don't remember if there was a lock-on feature in P, in the PC version. Oh, can there, you lock on? I don't even there's, you can lock on in Vita, which makes it way easier. Which makes it way like you just you can tap a guy and then run into that room and just start shooting. Oh, and I the didn't bolts know are that. going right at him. Yeah, I yeah, don't yeah, like yeah. that. I don't know if I like that. Well, you don't have to play it that way. But I'm gonna call I'm gonna call Mitch Dyer. He'll know right. what's up on this at the front. But I think so far I'm, I'm like you. I've been playing it on the Vita. I've been playing it on the Go. That's where I want to play it. That's what feels right for me right now. I do really like it. Uh, I don't. Uh, this PS3 would be helpful because you'd be able to see. Stuff a bit easier. I was on speaker. I'm like, why isn't it coming through? PS3, you'd be able to see like the knife better. Whenever I have the knife on the ground, I have a hard time seeing it on the Vita. You're not even listening anymore. You're texting somebody. You don't care. Sorry. He's an urgent text, actually. No. Really? Yeah. Pfft. Mitch never answers this phone. What's his problem? It rang like three times. It's, it's, it's rung. I'm sorry, but the person you called has a voice mailbox that has not been set up yet. Mitch! What the hell? All right. He's Canadian. He don't have phones. You think uh, this is not that important? I want to know. I want to know if we're giving out the right information. I want this is a big deal to me. You think Anthony Gallegos knows? Probably. <laughs> like how you, you took like a disgusted breath and you're like, yeah, you probably would know. But you're this is you didn't play much of it on PC, right? No. So you, now you're enjoying yourself. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Anything else to say? Nope. Hey, Anthony Gaius, you're on Podcast Beyond. When 
Hotline Miami came out on PC. Could you lock on to characters? Lock on? No, you just you just uh, mouse over them. So you, that's where you threw stuff. Right on the Vita and PS3 version, you can lock on. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel like they put it there to compensate for babies. Ah, mm, uh, well, it's too bad. This is the man system. This is where the men are playing to getting their trophies, having their fun. No, actually, it's it's a good compromise to make it work. Yeah, it's it's moving faster. It's a uh, it's fun, but I don't know. Like PC, I always talk about how it was you know hard to do the, with the controls and stuff. It's definitely way easier now. I don't. I'm getting way better times and stuff than I ever did on PC. Yeah, I think it's a good compromise for the fact that it's less precise without a mouse and keyboard. All right, Sounds well, like it's probably actually makes it fun. All right. Well, thanks for being on podcast beyond Anthony. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Well, there you go. Anthony Gallegos of Zombie Studios. <sighs> Working on games right now. We're going on PS4 games. Oh, my gosh. All right, so PSN, Hotline Miami, Magic the Gathering, uh, Duels of the Planeswalkers, 2014. That's going to be a big one. People love those Magic games. Pool Nation. Pool Nation. Spartacus Legends. And the game aptly titled Motorbike. Oh, yes. I saw that. It looks like it was one of those things where, okay, Trials HD doesn't want to come to the PlayStation Network. Urban Trial Freestyle will, and then Motorbike's like, we will, and then Trials HD was like, wait, we will too. We'll stop doing this. Everybody will. <laughs> Never mind. We'll, we'll announce it at E3. You don't have to keep ripping us off. <laughs> uh, PS2 Classics, Warship Gunner 2, and Riding Star, and a demo for a Vita game that's supposed to be pretty fun and also a very easy platinum, Farming Simulator. Oh, right. I keep hearing good things about Farming Simulator. I want to play that. We should get that. That's it. Uh, I didn't inter- interrupt you when you were doing it, because you were getting right into the heat of the moment, but you talked about that Deadpool game coming out. At... J-Dog6958 wrote into Beyond at IGN.com with the question, Beyond! Beyond. Did you guys check out the game? I'm sorry. Did you guys check out the name of the Platinum for Deadpool? What are you doing? Why are you putting your face in front of this? It's okay. It, the, the, the Platinum and Deadpool column, it's called, quote, okay, you can sell the game now, <laughs> end quote. This game looks wickedly fun. Have any of you played it? I have played it, Jay. I'm like three hours in. Colin came in and watched for a while. He didn't even like watch the game. He was just disgusted by how Deadpool talked and acted. Yeah, Deadpool sucks. Deadpool's cool. Not the game, just that character. I just hate that character already. I don't, you I, don't even know him. I remember being at, at New York Comic Con and dude came in dressed as him at a Marvel panel or something that I was at. Right. It was just, I'm like, this, I hate this fucking character. I hate it. <laughs> well, you gotta love Deadpool. Deadpool's great. No, why is he like this? He's always like this. Like, there's no yeah. serious moment for Deadpool. No. He's such he, a cool he went, character. He went crazy when well, there's a million characters that are just like him. If you don't like the craziness, then go read I'll Wolverine. I'll tell you how Deadpool came around, Greg. No, don't. Don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> the game, however, I enjoy. The game is fun. I'm having a good time with it. Uh, Chuck gave it a six. I don't. I don't want to argue against that. I might have. Been, I might have been higher, but I. I to- every all of his complaints I share. They just didn't detract from the experience as much as. He, for me, as much as they did for him. However, he beat the game. I'm only three hours in. Maybe when I've put in an additional four hours or three hours or whatever it is, I'll be like, okay, I'm sick of this combat. I am sick of this. Uh, the, I was you, just, I was just sick of the fucking constant joking. Yeah, but that's what he does, Colin. It's just not funny if you do it all the time. It is though. There's got to be a serious moment every once in a while. This, but that isn't what this game is. This game no. is all. In, you should read the comic. No, that's definitely not going to happen. Let me no, let me sell you on it. The comic. I have issue one at home on the Comixology app there. It's about him having to kill zombie presidents. You love the president. I'm sick of zombies, though. But they're not, like, eating brains. They're just presidents he's got to go kill. Can okay. we just talk about how zombies just need to go the fuck away now? No, because like, that's the stupidest thing. they need to go thing. away now? No. No. They're ruining it. 
There's zombies. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, now we run into topic of the week. Apparently, there's zombies everywhere. Yes, because people love post-apocalyptic shit. They're ruining it, and they're ruining. How are they ruining post-apocalyptic shit? Nothing is thoughtful anymore. You know, Last of Us. Yeah, that, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about more about movies and like pop culture. You know, like okay. they're they're and the last one is they're not zombies. Close enough, Colin. Close enough. They're infected by a fungus called cordyceps, Greg. Right, and then you, when you get bit, you turn into them. Exactly. Okay, but they know they're self-aware. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Sure. The Walking Dead's great. Right. Right. And there's zombie fiction that's really great as well like a few pieces there's of tons fiction. of great yeah but like they're overdoing it and what really distresses me is that these usually go hand in hand with post-apocalyptic fiction which is like my favorite shit ever sure and not everything has to tie into like the supernatural see this is like kind of what like post-apocalypse post-apocalyptic stuff can be its own thing that's why the road is a great book right right that's why it's a pulitzer prize winning book. it's not about fucking zombies it's about the end of the world because of a climate change sure right so that's really cool and that's like a, a thoughtful post or even something like i am legend is really cool because that was like way before the trend began and that was like a you're really... talking about the book not the will smith movie yeah the movie is good too okay but like this this created like a trend of like an eerie silence of post-apocalyptic where there are zombies whatever the fuck they're called but they're only out at night or whatever you know right, what right, right. now it's like everything every time that i turn on the tv there's a goddamn new movie with zombies in it yeah there's a new video game with zombies in it there's like seven fucking zombie games coming to Vita. You know, I like just announced like every week like yeah. games that just look te- like just look terrible. Which yeah? one? What are you talking about? OMG HD zombies oh is going to be good. No, I don't think. That'll be fun. It'll be a fun distraction. I guess what I'm saying is like they need to there needs to be a new thing now. You know, the zombie thing has been run into the ground. Let the people that do it really well You just, like you just got dead. sour grapes because you're not getting as much post-apocalyptic stuff as you want. That no, ha- I'm getting almost too much now. Though. But I'm saying what non, I'm saying the what you want like the road you're not getting enough stories like that yeah or Jericho or did you like Book of Eli how did that f- f- stick I didn't in see your Book crow? of Eli no, you should you should see that or read it I guess um I don't know like Red Dawn that's the perfect post apocalyptic like future history you didn't, even, you didn't even go see the Red Dawn the new not one the, I don't need to see the new one though <laughs> I decided I'm not gonna see the new one doesn't okay. make any sense. <sighs> Because they're fighting the North Koreans, that would never probably happen. It could conceivably happen, and if a certain step of you know certain things happen, I guess right. I go over that in his home from possible on IGN.com or yeah, yeah. like 2010. It's a good article. Um, I don't know. I just I just feel like they're taking what I love and kind of melding it with this overwrought zombie obsession, or like you know, and just blowing everything up. Well, I mean, know? the problem, Colin, new is ideas, that Greg. people are voting with their wallet, and this is what they're voting for. They want this. Now, if you want something not like this, maybe you should start a Kickstarter. Oh, God, I don't like you very much. <laughs> no, I don't like you very much. Oh, man. And then when we have I'm cool, like, cool zombie-like characters like, say, the Chimera. They uh, were aliens. But they're not You're, You aren't fucking allowed to come in here and talk about, like, the cordyceps aren't zombies and then come out and tell me Chimera are zombies. They're kind of they're, – they're, we never really saw the real Chimera, though. You yeah, know? I'm aware. I know. Like, the Chimera are human. Right, they're infected by this chimerian virus. Right, right, just like a cordyceps virus. So by your own oh, logic, dear. you're it's it's funny that oh, all the time it's out of all the every, every argument you've ever thrown is now bouncing back at you, and it's so many levels. Let's move on. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Now, do we we've covered all the regular things, right? We did that. We did that. So. Topic of the week we're up to kind mm. of. I, we have a good question here. Okay. That I think is going to be give us some. Or do you want to try to wait for Brian? He's probably never coming. Let's just keep going. We're almost done. It's a good show so far. Yeah. Look at this. You and I. Give me a pound there, huh? Just like all the other. I'll give you a pound. Okay. I'm going to give you a one-way ticket to pound town. 
Remember, your conductor is Andrew Goldfarb. Find him on July 12th. (laughs) (laughs) KJ writes into Beyond. He says, Beyond. Beyond. Is The Last of Us the best video game story ever told? I think yes. What do you think? I think this is a fascinating question, AJ. Or J- I'm sorry, KJ. Like KJ in a few It's minutes. one of them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would need to think more, you know, about, about it. What came to mind for me, right, when we start talking about, like, he proposes this and I'm into it and I obviously got to collect the questions so I got to think a little bit further. I would think in the running is The Walking Dead. Yeah, I yeah. think I think that would like it was, last year's Lee Everett's tale was awesome. I loved how it unfolded. I know a lot of people get grumpy about the fact that everybody gets the same ending, kind of depending, you know, whatever. But Who cares? I always talk about it being a coloring book, right? And so like, we each had the outline. We just got to color it in differently. And so all the interactions, you experiences, all these analogies, and saved up. I, well, no, I just I only have a few, but I just use them over no, and over again. I, I've never heard these two that you used to really the Which, cat in the box. Okay, and the coloring book I never heard. The coloring these. book I, I used. Steve Bus liked a lot when I told him that first time. And that's when he said, you're going places, kid. Uh, Walking Dead, for sure, is in there. Uh, and I, it's one of those, I know it's always easy to talk about what's mo- most in your, you know, the, the most recent examples of the things mm-hmm. we've had, right? So I know a lot of people last year when we were talking about best story, wanted to talk about Journey. It's a story you tell yourself. I don't, yeah, I don't personally, so. it doesn't fall into it for me. No. Um, Not in that sense. Uh, per- Not narrative. Now, if we can, and don't you freak out, okay? But if we can cleave and just say one game, I still think Metal Gear Solid story is really good. The, the first one. Yeah. The Shadow Moses Incident. Right. Shadow Moses Incident, I think, is one of the best stories to ever told. In yeah, video I, I love the Shadow Moses Incident. Right. Well, I think Metal Gear Solid is a really fantastic game. And the second one is even better. Sure. But I'm, but I'm, but it's one of those things when we start talking about story, right? It's so easy that if we start talking about story in Metal Gear, we're going to spiral out into the la li la 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 Well, the linchpin, of course, of the original Metal Gear Solid story was Decoy Octopus. Of course, yes. And, you know, he was integral to... You know, uh, decoying as it were, nah, uh, the DARPA yeah, chief, yeah, yeah, uh, which set the whole story ablaze as it were. But you figure Metal Gear Solid, right? You get, you get that game, you jump in, and like, there's so much. You, you wanted to learn more about the characters. You jump out and you watch the security cam footage of when they apprehended Snake. Like, if you jump right into the game, you wouldn't know too much about that they you know stole him from Alaska and that he used to have long blonde hair and they cut it and dyed it and all this other. It's like a really fascinating story there. Mm-hmm. Let alone the way it develops throughout it. You figure I jumped in not knowing. Anything about Metal Gear when I first played that. You know, when me and Poe rented that from Blockbuster Video and right. came home and played it. And so to get into it and to immediately have all these different connections and understand that there was something going on with Gray Fox and fall in love with Meryl and meet Hal for the first time. It's like, holy, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good question because he's probably – he might be right. Because um, the, the games that tell the best story, they're all newer games, I think. But just based on the, the advancement of the medium, right? Sure, like, sure. There are games that I loved as a kid that told really cool stories. Like, but you told them yourself almost. Because, like, I talk about Castlevania all the time. Like, the Castlevania trilogy on NES is really fascinating in that the game tells you the story. The game tells you the story by advancing through the castle and getting harder and, like, you see things, but it never tells you what's going on. And, like, that was really special to me. And it's still really special to me because it's the same thing with Mega Man almost. Like, where you're it's the backgrounds and the music and everything that's kind of telling the tale. Now, like, you can tell tales much more literally. And so, you know, uh, games that come to mind for me are, like, Red Dead Redemption. Oh, yeah. Um, even GTA 4, I felt, like, really... It was a game that was, like, really alive. The char- I liked the characters. I thought it was funny. But these weren't serious stories, really, until, I guess, the end of both of those games. Um, it's, and it's one of those things, with every game we've brought up, you can sit there and pick a point where the narrative drops off, right? Or something happens or like, you know, for like you mentioned Red Dead, right? And for me the example of Red Dead always is Mexico. 
where I felt like the pacing just fell all over itself and I got bored and I stopped for like three months or whatever. And then I came back and I enjoyed it and I love John Marston, yada, yada, yada. But when you're talking about like The Last of Us, and granted, we're still basking in the glory of this masterpiece, this 10 that everyone's super excited about. I don't remember looking at playing Last of Us and be like, all right, like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like my girlfriend's playing and I, I watch her play it and I stop what I'm doing and I'm just lost in that experience again to see how she's going to react to this and what happens. Yeah, here. yeah. I think other really awesome stories, Catherine um, is another mm-hmm. game that tells like an awesome, totally unique, awesome story. Um, Spec Ops The Line is uh, probably one of the best narrative-driven games I've ever played in my life, um, like hands down. That game is like way underappreciated, way underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that game is like really, really special. That's a really talented studio. Yeah. Um, and I it th- almost bothers me how good that game is, and how like, people don't know. You know, like it, like it was PlayStation Plus freebie. Yeah, and like it's just such an extraordinary game. Like it really was one of the best games of the generation. I think Spec Ops, like no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, the Uncharted trilogy tells like an action movie kind of thing, and I think that those games are really cool because you care about the characters. Right. See, that's that's the, that's the interesting thing about the question, right? What's the best story ever told? And for Uncharted, for sure, that's an awesome story, and you love those characters, and especially looking at it as the trilogy right now and seeing progression and changes. I mean, it, why did Nate and Elena keep breaking up? Who the hell knows? But that's really fascinating. I still think in this is where we get into what is storytelling anymore, or what is the story, and how what are we debating? Infamous's story, I think, the original game, fascinating, super cool. I love. I mean, like, I thought Trish's motivations were stu- stupid in a lot of ways, right? Like, oh, you killed my sister. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to set this thing off. You're supposed to be my girlfriend, whatever. Right. But like, you know, spoiler alert for Infamous. When her, when she dies, right? Like, that's still a touching moment. I think it's interesting to watch. You know, Cole go through all that and yeah. have time travel. That game came out in 2009, so I think we're pretty. That came out four years ago. You are you are on the show. You are well aware that we are not anything we say anywhere about any game. You can talk about the end of Sonic the Hedgehog. People are going to be pissed off. Uh, Sonic dies at the end of Sonic. The <laughs> Robotnik just takes him and puts him in a machine. He hangs him with tails. Uh, tail. His pelt. Oh my God. Um. Yeah, I mean, like, because I think, you know, the, the, my mind when he asked the question immediately was drawn to RPGs because mm. role-playing games are so well-known for their stories. But we have to kind of level with ourselves about RPGs. Like, none of them are, are epic stories. Like, people really get into Final Fantasy VII and, like, this quest that Cloud and his party goes on, uh, you know, as they leave Midgar and, like, it becomes this whole... But that's not really a fascinating story. It, it, it's fascinating because of the world you're exploring. Like, I don't think any Japanese role-playing game tells a story, like, really good enough to stand with some of the more recent Western-focused games, I guess what I'm saying, because they've focused more on story as it is. What about Nino Kuni? You're um, a big fan. Yeah, Nino, well, Nino Kuni's story is awesome, but it's more about the character himself and how the game begins. Now, I think that Nino Kuni gets gets everything right in mm-hmm. terms of its plot and its story development. But it's also gets contrived in a sense. You know, sure. you're saving the world, you're doing all these things. It's just that Oliver as a character is so amazing. Um and that the the delivery is so emotional and the graphics are so pretty that like everything kind of comes together and you just kind of fall in love with this little boy because like he's just and his and his friends because like they're just so fucking awesome. You and know, you're man? used to falling in love with little boys. Oh my gosh, like what I do every day. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. I mean, I I think that The Last of Us is certainly in the running, if not the best story ever told in games. Um, just because I like it, it reminds like it is the it is a Cormac McCarthy fucking story because it's just. It's just dark, you know, and that's what I loved about it. It's just fucking dark. Like, it doesn't get better. It gets worse and worse and worse and worse, and I love that. I love that they had the balls to do it. It's not easy to do that. It's going to turn some people off. We've gotten tweets from people being like, this game is way too fucking dark and, like, somber. But that was their dedication to that. 
that's what it would be like, you know. And, and there, there's, you know, I, I still we talked about this in the spoiler cast. I'm not spoiling it here. Don't worry. The ending is unflinching, right? Like this is their vision. This is what they wanted. Here's what it is. Focus test didn't like it. People at the studio didn't like it. Neil and Bruce were like, "This is what it is." That's, and it works. Awesome. It works. It was. It was. There are points in that game where I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like I can't believe they just did. Like they have the balls to do what they do over and over and over again. From the very beginning, the way the game starts is a ballsy thing. Yeah. Twenty minutes into the game, something something happens that's catastrophic. You know, it's like I don't know. It's good. I don't know. It's it, the Last of Us is deserving in every sense of the of a ten. Like I have no. I you and I agonize over this review, and I really like agonize over it personally about yeah, writing you did. it and getting, yeah, you and getting the score right <laughs> and stuff like that, and putting it out there. Like I'm so comfortable with that ten. Like I'm just like. No doubt about it. Yeah, you know, like that is PS3's best exclusive. You know, and we'll pro- I'm sure it won't be beat. You know, I, yeah. I'll be really surprised, and I'll be I'll be really. We're gonna do game of the year watch whatever our video later. Yeah, um, I'll be really surprised if the Last of Us isn't game of the year. Like, like something's gonna have to come out that's like. I mean, you figure G- GTA Five. Yeah, so that's the, really the GTA one, thing, right? That's yeah. the one, right? And yeah. like, if something comes out that's better than the Last of Us, holy shit! What a year! Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, GTA Five. Yeah, oh my god, very excited about that as well. That was a hefty question. Good, a good question though. Let's get something lighter. Here comes Ben. All right, Colin. Yes. As a Chicago land resident heading to Northeastern University oh. in the fall, how do I talk to Bostonians about the cup without getting killed? And how did you enjoy the series? Also, how's the hockey at Northeastern? The ho- we're a hockey school. How do you not? How do you not know this? <laughs> <laughs> um, hockey is the biggest sport in Northeastern. Uh, we have um, the oldest arena in Hockey East. It's like a pride of joy for us. It's called uh, Matthews Arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, several years ago, we were supposed to build a new stadium for our football team. Then we folded our football team, and there was talk, I think, about getting a new arena. And we we're so attached to this old arena that we have this old barn uh, that gets so loud. It only seats like a few thousand people. It's like really old. Um, it's like our pride and joy. So our hockey team uh, hasn't been great the last few years, but we played Division One A Hockey East you know, against the big boys. Um, and our, our, some of our players go to the NHL, so that should tell you everything you need to know about, about that program. And we lost our coach a couple years ago to the Maple Leafs. Mm. Um, so uh, talking to Bostonians, uh, your biggest fear is not going to be the Bruins, it's going to be the Red Sox. Um, Northeastern is located in Back Bay, which is literally a half a mile away at the very least, uh, or the very most rather, from Fenway Park. You're going to be running into Red Sox fans a lot. Um I'm a big Yankee fan, so uh, I had a lot of conflict there. I also went to school when the Yankees uh, lost to the Red Sox in 2004, which was like a catastrophe, like one of the most catastrophic things that ever <laughs> happened to me. Um, and you also have to be wary of Patriots fans. But if you're not a Jets fan, uh, you won't have anything to worry about there. So just talk to them as you would talk to anyone else. They're they're normal people in Boston. They just have funny accents. Um, they won't beat him up since his Blackhawks just beat the Bruins. No, I, I mean I don't. The, the rivalry between the Bruins and the the Blackhawks doesn't exist. I mean, they're, <laughs> you know, if you're a Ranger fan or maybe an Islander fan, uh, I mean, the, the biggest rivalry with the Bruins is the Canadians, um, and that's a, basically a hundred year old rivalry. Um, so yeah, uh, have fun, enjoy yourself. Uh, if you're curious, I was a freshman at Northeastern. I lived in White Hall oh. on the second floor. So if you happen to live in White Hall on the second floor, then we're gonna have the same energies there on that on that floor. That, yeah, that, a lot of negative there. energy yeah, a lot of built negative up energy. in that uh, hall yeah. right there. Yeah. Spencer writes into Beyond at IGN.com and he says, "I was recently 
I was recently catching up on a video you posted on the site in which you compared sequences of Uncharted 3 to The Last of Us. That was a Podcast Beyond video we mm. spun out from this podcast. Oh. Just like the video we're spinning out right now. Uh, and the discussion got me thinking. While Naughty Dog has definitely drawn a line in the sand defining the tone and purpose of its two series, do you think that the success of The Last of Us will ultimately harm the reception of Uncharted 4? In the video, Greg mentioned the death of Elena after... This is a... a if you're just joining us. I propose that if they want... No one is ever going to die in Uncharted. Sully, Elena, Drake. Never going to die. And I said the only way they would kill anyone in that series is if Elena and, and Drake had a kid. Then they could kill Elena, I think. I think that's the, that would be the okay way to passing. Uh, Greg mentioned the death, blah, 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 how, how dark it would be. Do you think fans will want The Last of Us's dark nature to permeate the heretofore, ooh, sunny, nice. carefree Uncharted series? I personally think that for what it is, Uncharted is perfect on its own. Although I thought the fake out of Sully's death was a missed opportunity to add real depth to Nate's character. I agree to that as well. I mean, we talked about that in that video, though. Like, they could have and probably were going to kill Sully. Yeah, you, you still say that Uncharted 3 was originally written to kill Sully. Yeah. Like, no yeah. doubt about it. I just don't understand. I totally you- think. I totally doubt it. Like, doubt it? I doubt it. They, they could have gotten away with it at that point. You know what I mean? Like, they could have done it and just sure. fucking done it. You know? Yeah. And it would have been horrifying. Like, I, when, I remember the first time playing through it, I was like, fuck! Right. You know? I'm like, they just killed Sully. Like, I thought... Well, I won't get But this, it. this is the whole point of what I'm saying, is that it is... It is it, horrifying, yes. And that's not a word you attach to Uncharted. Like, Uncharted is not... the Indiana Jones is not horrifying. Like, what main character that you loved in Indiana Jones has been killed? Did Sean Connery die in the Indiana Jones series? In The Last Crusade? Yeah. No. I don't think so. Yeah, see, no one, no one of importance <laughs> is ever going to die in that series. No, I'm not saying not even Shia LaBeouf. I, I think, I think, especially Temple of Doom is very dark. Like, I, I don't, I don't. I know people's faces melt, and I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that you, you go into those movies knowing that Indy is going to get out. Yeah, oh yeah, and that no, the no, girl no, he's dating know, is going to get out. Yeah, but yeah, so Drake and Elena, but like he doesn't have a fucking well, I like guess short round or something like that. But he doesn't have like a, like a partner with him. I don't know. I, I don't disagree like that. Sul- I don't think Sullivan should die. I just think that they were playing sure, with the sure. idea of killing him. Now, like, will there be bleed over between these two series? No. I mean, they're written by two different people. Like, yeah. Amy Hennig writes Uncharted, and 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 Neil Druckmann wrote uh, The Last of Us. So it's like you don't have to worry about it. those. They're two different people, you know, writing and like with two different visions. Uncharted is always going to be an action movie, and it's going to have a happy ending. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine that like Uncharted just gonna fall off a fucking cliff somewhere and it's just gonna be this dark, dire post apocalyptic with the game. I, I what I like about these two franchises because The Last of Us is definitely getting a sequel. Like I, I don't doubt that. Like Sony would be foolish. The game is like impossible to find in stores. It's selling much better than they probably thought it was going to. Right. You know? um, and t- saying it's gonna get a sequel, by the way, is not a spoiler. Um, oh yeah. No, I. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so don't don't get mad at me for that. Uh, but yeah, no, these just... these two parallel franchises are opposites. You know, like they're polar opposite, and it's awesome. Right. That we can have, like, The Last of Us 2, and then... Or Uncharted 4, then The Last of Us 2, then Uncharted 5, then The Last of Us 3. Like, or, you know, maybe they get away from Uncharted at some point. Sure. I don't think they ever will, but... Um, that, like, one's, like, kind of happy and funny. Like, the, like Drake is funny and likable. You know, and this other thing is just somber and fucking serious. It, it will be interesting, I think, if when Uncharted 4 gets released, you see people saying that, oh, man, I really thought Naughty Dog grew with The Last of Us, and now they're regressing. You know what I mean? They're just going back to this bubblegummy kind of game, you know. And I think that's – you and I get that, right? Those are what those franchises yeah, are I there for. I love that. I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's, I don't know what people are going to expect for the next Uncharted. Well, you know, it could be a similar thing. I mean, I know there's a lot of bleed over in the teams at Naughty Dog, but the team 
that did Uncharted 2 did The Last of Us, the core team. Right. And which means that I, I know they don't like that terminology uh, like over there because like a lot of people cross over. I mean, our, our, suck it, Neil Druckmann. You're not here to correct us. But uh, you know, and, uh, you know, even our friend Ballard. I mean, he he worked on Uncharted 2 and Uncharted 3 and The Last of Us. You yeah. know, but like, um, the core team that's doing Uncharted 3 is probably doing Uncharted 4. Now they already now people already think that that game wasn't as good, and that the team that did Uncharted 2 did The Last of Us, and that's a great game. I mean, these are like the two best games that they've done. I think there's going to be some comparisons there too. Oh, I sure. think I think that's what's going to come out of it now. I think Uncharted 3 is awesome. So if if Uncharted 4 is anything like Uncharted 3, poof, awesome. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's great. Uh, one, here's another Last of Us question. I don't know if, if we have an answer, but he has his own opinion, so it doesn't matter. Anthony writes into beyond.ign.com, just like you, Kenny. He says, I was wondering if any of you guys have played The Last of Us on survival difficulty yet. And if so, what are your thoughts? I haven't yet, but I heard that you can't use uh, listen mode, which is cool. Anthony goes on. Yeah, I haven't either, Anthony, but Anthony has his own opinion here, so he's going to share it with the Beyond Cruise and the listeners. I just finished my Survivor playthrough, and in my opinion, it is the best way to experience the game. The lack of listen mode, as well as dramatic drop in supplies scattered about the world, add even more tension to each battle, since you never know exactly where the enemies are, and every shot truly counts. Yeah, that's, I mean, that sounds fucking awesome. Sounds scary. Um... Yeah, I'm going to – so I'm playing uh, through on Normal Plus uh-huh. in order to build up Joel and get the trophies for um, all the collectibles and all – basically, basically I was making the argument – this is where it all stemmed from. I was making the argument that you have to play the game four times, right? You have to play it on Normal, Normal Plus, Survivor, and Survivor Plus. But people were saying you play it on Normal, then Survivor, then Survivor Plus. But there's a catch because there's not enough items in the world in Survivor – to ah. build up Joel even through two playthroughs, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So you kind of have to do do have to play it four times. So I'm kind of getting over this. Once I once you know once I beat normal plus, then I'll move on to Survivor and Survivor Plus. But I'm really excited about it. Listen mode is a cheat in a way. Um, oh yeah. And it's cool, and I like it. But I mean, I, I like the idea of not using. It. I I actually dislike. In a way that you can – like the one problem I have with multiplayer, which I think is phenomenal, is that you can use it in multiplayer. And it's not nearly as strong. You can only use it for like a two seconds, like every minute. It's like – but like it, it's fucked up kind of sometimes. Like uh, I have my, my perk set up so that if I'm kneeling and walking that like I can't be seen with mm-hmm. listen mode, which is like a huge advantage. Yeah. Um, but I spent all my, my loadout points on that, so – yeah, it's it's one of those things when we were talking about when you find, when you beat Last of Us and I beat Last of Us and we got to talk about Last of Us. The one complaint I had, and this isn't a spoiler, don't worry. Uh, at the end, there's like a, a basically a hallway filled with bad guys and all these areas filled with bad guys. And I had upgraded Listen Mode all the way, and for me, Listen Mode broke the fourth wall there because what it was, and this happens in every video game. Every video game runs scripts and has people their AI. Do, you know when A happens, they'll do B or whatever. And the problem was with listen mode pulled back that curtain for me in this game where I was totally lost in the experience and gross in the story. I was Joel. I was you know doing all these different things, and I'm making this move and I come through the first time and everybody's on guard watching this doorway and you know I cross this one line and everybody starts moving and I'm like oh okay they they are on patrol it must be a time patrol and so I start I, you know I get killed I restart that segment I sit and wait. And they don't move. And I walk forward and I cross that line and listen mode shows them all moving. I'm like, oh, God. You know I mean? There's this invisible line that tells them when player crosses, you do this. Yeah. And yeah. so that was the thing for me where I was like, oh, that, that sucks. And it didn't obviously take away from the game. Like, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the 10 doesn't mean that it's perfect. You know? Yeah. I mean, like I talked about in the review, like there was like some AI funkiness with your friendly AIs. Um, I just didn't think it really mattered. 
I um, no, and I'm with you yeah, on that. Don't I, I think listen mode specifically was a clever design tool that was probably developed late in the, later in the game to make sure people didn't get fucking pissed off with the game because right. when I fe- when I my first instinct when I was like oh there's a listen like that's kind of lame yeah. you know but like then I realized like you can't really spam it and it's not really that powerful until you upgrade it and. It, the game would be really hard without it. That's why I'm like really stoked about Survivor Mode because that's probably people are saying like that's the way the game's supposed to be played. Yeah. Um, and Survivor Mode's probably more reflective of the way the game was supposed to be played before they put it in there. And right. I, I I would be interested to see if like Survivor if, if Listen Mode was always part of the vision or not, or if like some some point they were like you gotta like this is too hard, you know? Like, yeah. This is too ridiculous. Well, you figure. I mean, you get to see a, a quick snapshot of what it would be like without it with hotline miami right like if you don't look ahead and you walk in you're immediately killed i mean it's, it's the same way right like imagine if that was a clicker yeah. but there's then a reload and then there's this and then you've been going that for you've been what you thought carefully for three minutes clearing out an area and then you, you kind of get screwed over at the end and you have yeah. to go back and collect all those items that would suck yeah i agree I'm still playing online though, man. I'm still busting through that. Yeah, that's awesome. You put up an awesome video. People should go check out. I will. I played. I played Survivor for thirty article. hours. Can you lot. believe that? I don't play games online at all. No. You know. No. I, um, yeah, I love that. I I actually really like that video. Uh, I think it, it encapsulates why it's why it's fun. Yeah, Colin put up a video. You can catch it on YouTube and IGN.com and in the article for Podcast Man episode 299 about uh, why he loves multiplayer. And it's one of those things I told you, like you know, or I think I tweeted about it that. Watching it made me want to go back and play it because I had played for a little bit and I was like, I don't really feel like doing this. People really get it now, you know what I mean? I think when we played it in like in in pre-release state or whatever, it was really fun and I loved it. Yeah. But like we were all we all didn't quite get it yet. Like we were running around like it was a shooter and like you don't play it like that. Yeah. Like when you play Survivor Mode, you have fucking one life. You know, it's awesome. You like have like there's like real fear like of being seen. Like I, I like sit back and like collect items and like make shit and like <laughs> set traps and you know. Like, there's one place in uh, in the high school map. I'm going to give people one of my secrets. Ooh. I love this. In the high school map, if you start downstairs, you start, like, in two different places. You start in the gym or you start, like, downstairs underneath, like, a science classroom. If you start underneath the science classroom, you run and get items, like, nearby. And then you run upstairs and cut left. And there's another box of items and a health pack on a desk. You get those and then you go around the corner and there's an entrance to the classroom, like, right in front of you. And you can hide behind a desk. And people from the other team usually come through that classroom. Yeah. And like every time I build a grenade and I set it right next to the door so they can't see it until they walk outside and it detonates like yeah, when yeah. they come out. And then they're paralyzed and then I just stab them with a ship. <laughs> so it's like little things like that. You have to be patient. You're a camper. You're you know? camping. No, you got to be pa- – I mean you got to pay – there's – the beauty of it, the reason that no one plays the downtown map is because you can camp there. Yeah. But like the other five maps, like there is no camping. Like it's, it's not possible. Like you're fucked. Like <laughs> – and I really realized how thoughtful it was, how, you know – um, you know, shout out to our friends, David, our friend David Ballard over at Naughty Dog, who really helped design multiplayer on this game. What's really thoughtful, like I've I've got, I've explored the maps very thoroughly, and I always like I'm like, can I sit here in this corner and like see everything? And it's like no, like there's no corner like that. It's like you have a blind side, like no matter where you're going. Gotcha. And it's like really cool. Like I'm sitting next to I'm sitting next to a window, but like I can be sniped from a dude across the map if I'm like looking this way. It's uh, well put together, you know. Mm-hmm. And I I don't want people to ignore it because it's fun. It's it feels like the single player game. Give it a shot for yeah. sure. Colin, yeah. final question of the week. Comes from Miguel. Greg, Colin, being a fan of the Infamous series, are you guys pumped to see Delson enter the series, or do you think Delson will lack the charm that Cole would bring to this third entry in the series? Congratulations on Podcast Beyond 300, by the way. Beyond. Beyond. I'm excited for Delson. I wasn't, I don't think, in the very beginning, and I wasn't 
I wasn't like, oh man, where's Cole? It was just like, oh, who's this? I don't know this smoke guy or whatever. You know what I mean? The first trailer where he's like, you are not in control. It's kind of like, I don't. Is he? What's he doing? But seeing the E three demo, seeing him, you know, like like his powers. I never. I, I was talking, you know, to Nate Fox on the live show about it, and I never really thought about the fact that Cole was like just begrudgingly a superhero, right? Like, oh, I got these abilities. I better use stuff for it. Whereas like Delson, when he shoots up to do that strike, right, and he grins at the camera right before he smashes it down, it's like. That's an awesome moment that really sums up that character, and I yeah, think I as much fun as it looks to play should, you know, commute. I absolutely, I absolutely agree. I mean, that's what I wrote about a, a, a lot too with Second Son when I, you know, when we played it and saw it or whatever it was. Um, these characters are very different, and it gives the game immediately like a different feel. Um, I agree. Like he, like Cole is like reluctant and and almost timid when he gets his powers and like there's something I liked the character and the voice acting in the first one a lot um, yeah. and uh, I like that Sucker Punch had to really commit to the lore of one ending and specifically at the end of Infamous 2 in order to make Delson Rowe possible um, but I like the way he feels I think like I said to you and I don't know if I said it on the podcast was I think that it's going to be easier to play as a bad guy than it was in Infamous and Infamous 2 because like he does feel like a bad guy you know like, I hope that yeah I understand what you're saying there but I still think I hope that if that's the case, and if I agree with you, I hope the choices are a little bit more, not gray, but I mean, I you're saying bad guy, right? It was never like, I'm going to throw this school bus of kids into the water, no, right? Like, but I mean, whatever like... Whatever it was, like evil. Exactly. Or, yeah, selfish. It'd be, yeah. I think they should do it as, yeah, it's either, you know, you're this hero or you're selfish kind of thing. You know what I mean? Or you're, you're giving it out for the greater good. Yeah, you could never... Yourself. Infamous 2 gave you, like, two huge choices, but in the first Infamous, things didn't really change that much. They, it kind of, like... Like, we always talk about the diamond, like... The coloring book. Like, Mass Effect 3 was a diamond. Like, it starts out thin and then gets really wide and then has to conclude in, like, a specific way. And, right. Um, maybe we'll get something similar in Infamous. I'm, like... Second Son is fucking awesome. Like, I'm really excited to, yeah, like, see more great. about this game. And it was yeah. fun to see everybody else excited about it, too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know like, that... you, we're, we're, we've been going... We've been tooting the Infamous horn for years. For <laughs> Two four, years like now. four years. <laughs> yeah. And everyone kind of always like, well, it's a PlayStation exclusive and it's good and whatever... Um, but then, like, when I kept saying, telling people, like, Infamous 2, or Infamous Second Son was, like, a runner-up for Game of the Show at E3. Yeah. Because um, people were like, wow, this game does look really, really good, and it's fun. Um, it's silky smooth as a war. Uh, I like that. I like it that. also looks next-gen. That was the cool thing. Like, Killzone and that game look like they can't run on PS3. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? the way, so, yeah, the way Delson animates and the, the smoothness of him moving was pretty amazing. Uh, let's do a hit of the week, Colin. Okay. This one comes from Max. I have an extra Sights and Sounds DLC code for The Last of Us, and I thought I would share it with one lucky member of the Beyond community. The code is C5992MN4LF6K. If someone does not know, the Sights and Sounds DLC pack includes the game's official soundtrack, PSN-exclusive avatars, and a dynamic theme for the PS3. If anyone would like to play a round of Survivors with me. I have plenty of room on my PSN friends list. My PSN ID is MudKip143. MudKip, the Pokemon. Okay. M-U-D-K-I-P-143. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Max, for giving back to this podcast beyond community. Mm-hmm. We love it so freaking much. Too much. No, just, no, just, just enough. enough. Just enough, I think. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, some housekeeping stuff before we sign off. Of course... You should be part of this community. You should be going to the new Facebook community. Mitch Dyer started a Facebook community. Turned out there already was a Facebook community that we had forgotten about. And so they, the communities made peace and combined. So go on Facebook. And oh, find they made me. peace? I yeah. know there was a little conflict. No, nah, it's done now. Go on there and find Skirmish. the Podcast Beyond community. 
Uh, you talk to other Beyond fans. It's great. Uh, when you're done with that, thank you for listening to the podcast. We're the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. You can download us on iTunes every Tuesday. You can get us from your favorite podcast server. You can download us off IGN.com. Please come to IGN.com. Watch the videos. Read the reviews. Leave comments that are not pornographic gifts. Mm. That'd be nice if you could stop doing that. Mm-hmm. But you uh, send those to Greg at his personal email. Please. Uh, you know, don't send my email. Go ahead and tweet us. I'm at Game Over Greggy. <laughs> Colin is at No Taxation. IGN is, of course, IGN. Uh, like we said at the beginning of the show, we'll reiterate here. Podcast Beyond, episode 300, July 12th. It's a Friday. It's a live show. It's live streaming as well. If you're coming to it, you should already know. Check your spam folder if you didn't get the second email. There'll be a third one soon enough with hard, hardcore details. Hardcore. Hard, hardcore. This will be the last details. time you hear us on a podcast beyond until that date. On a new podcast beyond. Yeah. Next week, spoiler cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we want to do a bump for that? In the beginning, we say that we're about to do the spoiler show. So no, I think we should put it up as it is. All right, fine. So don't listen to that if you haven't beaten that yet. Uh, but save it for exciting times. Then come watch the video. Uh, a quick one, too. Uh, this is exciting. Uh, SCEA. President and CEO Jack Trenton is coming in for Up at Noon this week. That will post Monday on IGN.com. Monday, what, the July 1st, I believe. Yep, I think you're right. Uh, so come watch that at noon. He'll be here. He'll talk about PlayStation 4. I'll talk about E3. You bet your bottom dollar I'll be asking about that Xbox One. What do you think about them backtracking, mm-hmm. doing all that DRM mm-hmm. stuff? Mm-hmm. So there's plenty of exciting stuff happening. Thank you for being a part of it. Uh, every Podcast Beyond ends with a song. It's a segment we call Ryan's Wrap-Up. Today's comes from Jimmy Rumble. Uh, let's see. Oh, no, actually, he's got a million names here. He's got a bunch of AKAs. I'm calling him Jimmy Rumble. I uh, like the AKAs, though. They're fun. You want the AKAs? Well, I do AKA all the time, but it's cool. It's, you know. This is a big British beyond from the John Connor Paradox, a.k.a. Jimmy Rumble, Luke Hogar, and Jimmy Mc- or Johnny McHale. All right. He says, I've been listening to Beyond for years. Thanks for putting up a decent show. <laughs> no problem. Oh, no problem. Yeah. I bet our show's decent. During the years listening, I formed a band, The John Connor Paradox. We make songs about video games, sci-fi, zombies, and the rest of life's important things. Anyway, last night we finally made our first pretty crude recording of a song called Photon Opportunity in the guitarist's dusty suburban nerd pit slash bedroom on the outskirts of London. It's a love song of sorts, but with loads of original Star Trek references and sound effects. It would be great if you could play this song, but no hard feelings if you can't. Blah, 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 blah. I already said we're going to play it for you. You know, you know, but we put on a decent show, so why don't we put on this song here? You can find more about it. I thought it was funny. I thought he was being funny. I, I like it. I think it's funny. Uh, Facebook.com slash John Connor Paradox. Thanks. Beyond. John Connor Paradox. I like your song a lot. It's actually really good. I'll make Colin to listen to it one day. But until then, Beyond. Beyond. Shatner doing my shoes He gets Scotty to bring away my blues Bones have got another broken heart Let's take it back to the start After an unsuccessful mind melt With a girl whose hand I once held Time passed I couldn't make her smile Tell Mr. Sulu and go solo for a while and There's always the next generation There's a pickup for my cup There's always the next generation 
My dilithium crystals aren't functioning And I just come to a captain As I don't feel the way I'm acting And everything I try Will make this enterprise fly So I set my face to stun Cause I don't want to hurt anyone there's always a next generation There's a pickup for my gut There's always a next generation But it's never the same as the first There's Klingons on the starboard bow I guess it's all over now And I think this one's going to hurt Cause I've been left wearing your red shirt Tell Uhura that the other night was fun But I won't be coming back from this one there's always a next generation There's a pickup for my gut There's always a next generation But it's never the same as the first No, it's never the same No, it's never the same It's never the same No, it's never the same Beyond, what's up everybody, welcome to Podcast Beyond episode 2, I fucked it up again, why, why am I so off my game, why, because I have to deal with this technical bullshit every yeah, fucking let's just time, wrap it up. we'll see you at episode 300, it'll be good, it'll be better than this. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha, I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream, it has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black, I'm torn by my feelings for two women, Bobby Cannavale, you can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.